Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. In 1987, NASA launched the last of America's deep space probes. In a freak mishap, Ranger 3 and its crew, Trey Taylor, Trevor Iflute, Eric Steele, Charles Albon, Jason DeLuna were blown out of their trajectory into an orbit which freezes life support and returns them to Earth 500 years later. Thus, this one will eventually go out to them. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Pod on, on the air. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. I've been listening to the Major Spoilers podcast. Podcast. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Hey everyone, welcome to uh, issue 413 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. <laughs> so glad that you could join Hello, us. Hello future people, welcome to the show. Yes, welcome to the show. There's Matthew, of course, and Rodrigo is sitting Hello. over there. What's up? Um, Young Justice. Apparently it is, uh, yeah. Justice! Young Justice, currently... Well, maybe it just wrapped up. Season finale, April 21st, 2012. First season just wrapped up. Second season, maybe we'll start soon. 26 episodes in that first season. Uh-huh. Um, you've <laughs> watched them all, Rodrigo? I guess. It's kind of confusing because... The last episode here that I have for season one, and we haven't gotten through all of them yet, is... Uh, old Acquaintance. Oh, I don't think I've watched that and one there's yet. Usual Suspects. Performance, Insecurity, Agenda. I'm just going backwards. For season one? That's all in season one. And you're sure season two isn't out yet? Uh, well, it said season two started April 28th. Yeah. So, so okay, maybe so it is. I, so I have been watching season two of Young okay. Justice. Okay. All right. all right. So I haven't caught up then with, with that. Because it seems like, you know, they took a break. And this was really weird. And that's why I thought that... Um, stuff that we've been watching since uh, February, something like that, right? Uh, was all part of season two because we had a long hiatus there of right. about three months. Right. Turned out it was all still part of season one. Right. So there's there's the first half of, or the first part of season one, then there was a hiatus, and the second part of season one, and now they've actually started. And season it looks two. like they've rolled right into rolled right into a week later with season two. Yeah, twenty episodes. And and that that you kind of get that with like scheduling issues is kind of how they had like three episodes of Community in one right. night or something like that. Right. Well, I, I think that the the weird part about taking that break is because so much of what goes on in the Young Justice, at least in season one, was that date that ha these things occur. Yeah. Usually, the first date you saw was the day of the release of that episode. Really. Or it was supposed to be. So if it came out on November fourth, that was the. Okay. Friday or whatever that that was supposed to happen. I gotcha. So at least that's how I, I remember I never, it popping I up a couple that. times. Um, but now we're into season two, and I guess I'm going to have to go on to the iTunes and, and wrangle that up because I know the boy likes uh, checking out The Young Justice. Is, is season two worth checking out? Um, I guess it is uh, if you are a fan of one particular aspect of the DC Universe. And that what is, aspect is that? That it is full of a bazillion people in funny costumes. Because <laughs> I already thought that by the end of the first season of Young Justice that there were too many characters. Oh, really? And in the second season of Young Justice, Young Justice Invasion, um, they... Colon. Yeah, they, I would say, literally quadruple the cast. They're, 
Blue there Beetle are, shows up. Who else shows yeah, up? Blue Beetle, uh, Lagan. Beast, Beast Boy. Beast Boy, who, you know, gets his origin gets his story origin in the first yeah. season. Bumblebee, some other guy. Batgirl. Batgirl. Oh, really? Mal. So, yeah. So Bumble- you, yeah, Mal Duncan is in it as well. Right. So uh, you basically have the entirety of the Bat family, except for, uh, I would say, Huntress and um jason todd mm. so you have batman nightwing robin and batgirl wow um there's is, is that Satana, such a, is that a Icon, big problem rocket superman superboy batman right uh the flash um at least two green lanterns at a time martian mm-hmm. manhunter ms martian mm-hmm. uh is it a problem yes why is that because it's i i just i'm kind of overwhelmed by the amount of characters now you know they do break them up into smaller units so in one episode you will only see you will only care about you know five characters at a right. time well that's why that's why i asked because in justice league mm-hmm. and justice league unlimited mm-hmm. you know the first season was just the core group right right and then by the time you hit season two or three right before it became unlimited mm-hmm. you started to see other characters show up and then by the right. time you hit unlimited then it was a bazillion dc characters walking around on the satellite four of them at a time were going off on a mission so right. you would see hawk and dove going out with you know black canary and whoever else right and uh, and there's some of that going on here in that you get usually two one or two of the original members going on a mission with Two or three new members, and also going on missions with the Justice League and stuff like that. Um, but to me, as I'm sitting there watching this, it kind of feels like, man, the guys who were writing this really wanted to write some episodes for Justice League Unlimited. Oh yeah. Um, because you know, there's a there's a huge time jump. There's there's a five year time jump between the old one and the new one. Really? And yes. Wow, that is bad on Cartoon Network's part then, because as we were saying, they took that big gap of three months and before they finished up season one, uh-huh. and then the very next week they're doing season two, right? And it's five years later, right? That's it's, bad. That's it, poor. That's poor. And and honestly, it was, I I was very confused until they said it's been five years since basically since the season finale, and they do say it sometime in the first episode, but. You know, I think the first Robin that you see is New Robin, right? Really? You see uh, Tim Drake, mm-hmm. and he's got a different voice, but he looks like the old Robin. And then you see Nightwing, and he's all beefy now, because you know, I mean, right. if he was sixteen, right. he's in his twenties now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it makes sense that he's bulked up and grown up. Um, but you know, it's like. Which Robin am I looking at? You right. know, which who's Nightwing now? Oh, Nightwing is the old Robin. Why the hell is there? You know, if you're not familiar with the comics, it's like, why would there even be a new Robin? Mm-hmm. You know, the last season introduced or the last handful of episodes basically has Rocket and Zatanna join the league or join the uh, the Young, Young Justice, Justice gang. Mm-hmm. Um full time right but by the time we get back from the time jump both of them have graduated to the justice league wow so they go from being in the face they got to being side characters to joining the main team for all of five seconds to being side characters again yeah but is that i mean in the grand scheme of what's going on in that universe is it a big surprise because zatara became Dr. Fate. Right. And so the team was without their magic person. So well, who better uh, to bring in at some point surely, in the future? Surely, if you look at... <laughs> no, uh, I agree yeah. with you. If you look at any given character, it makes perfect sense as to why they joined the Justice League, right. stayed in the minor leagues, or quit the team, which Kid Flash did. Spoiler alert. Oh, thanks. Um, That's okay. So, you know, all of them have their individual arcs. All of them have their individual stories. But that's the problem, is that there are... 20 individual stories to keep track of and if you're not interested like seriously i am not interested in the speedy arc Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden we are back in the speedy arc and i'm like 
I don't care about this whole episode. You've introduced me to three characters, three new characters at least, mm -hmm. that I like more than anything that's going on here. I went to see the Lagan and Beast Boy show now, basically. Um, and now we're back to the speedy thing. And suddenly it's revealed that he had a kid with Cheshire and it's like, why are you taking the worst part of these comics <laughs> and bringing it into this? Well, I guess that was the big question in this uh, most recent Speedy. Yeah. Uh, so I saw some comments people were making how it was very much borrowing from that uh, wretched series that just that just wrapped up that I think everybody hated, but still won an award. It's uh, it's just I'm like I'm just going through and like you know I I get that it's kind of cool and they're probably gonna get back in, but again. You know, the the team was Superboy, Kid Flash, Robin, Miss Martian, and Artemis, and Aqualad for most of it. Right. Um, at this point, two of the main, two of those team members have basically retired. Artemis and uh, Kid Flash aren't in the game anymore. Um, and it's cool to see their home life for you know, 10 seconds to, to show you where they are. Yeah. But it's like, why are we even here? Why aren't these characters on the team anymore? There really is just so much going on. Such a, like, the story exploded in complexity. You know, and then there's all the inter... Why isn't... Why aren't... Uh, why isn't Miss Martian and Superboy dating anymore? Why is this character and this other character now dating what happened during this time period? You know, what happened during those five years to make all this stuff happen? It's like, I kind of don't care. There are so many characters, so much going on that I'm just like, Bleh. I'm going to I'm just going to wait for the next episode of Legend of Korra and s skip this. Man, we're all caught up on Legend of Korra in just one week. Every night we're watching that. Mm hmm. Dang, that's a great, great series. Isn't it? Especially the one that just came out again, listeners. A week ago, uh -huh. you know, we're recording this uh, ahead of when the new episode right, is. Right. But aftermath, yes, brilliant episode, uh, just brilliant. I mean, I'm just sitting there with my jaw on the floor for so many different perspectives. From the animation mm -hmm. is super tight. Yep, I know this is this is, a, and a lot of people are, and I think now I have a better understanding of why so many people were upset over when they cast Ang in the live action movie. Uh -huh. Well, it's like there's nothing in this world that says that they're Asian. Asian. Um, but you know, when I look at this animation, I look at it and say, well, this, this is animation not done by, by you know, Americans. Americans. It's done overseas. Yep. It is tight animation. And the I think it is actually, I think that it, it is probably is in, in Korea or something, but the animation is fantastic. The storyline is superb mm -hmm. and it's got just enough hook to make you, I just the whole political aspect of it mm -hmm. I just find fascinating that they're they're throwing all of that into a show targeted towards teens. Mm -hmm. And the boy we've watched eh, I'm say we're about halfway through season 1 uh, right now of um oh, of, of the, the of original avatar. avatar. Even though he does like Aang and he thinks that that's a really cool thing. Every time I every time he says, "Can we watch that Avatar show?" I'm like, "The one with Aang." He goes, "No, the other one with the older girl." Mm -hmm. He likes that from I don't know it's, why. It's more intense. It honestly. is honestly. It really is, and um, it's interesting. And it's interesting that you're watching them side by side because yeah, there yeah. is a a a design and animation change. Mm -hmm. Like they went in and said, "Okay, we're gonna make more realistic, rightly shaped characters. Yes. Like the characters aren't going to be as well." Cartoony. And that's what I think. Of what's really cool about Korra is you look at her, and I, I every time I sit down and watch that, I sit there and I say, "Okay, who is she in real life? Mm -hmm. If she were a real life body type, what would she be?" Right. And I know a lot of people are going to say, "Oh no way," but she's got the body type of a professional volleyball player. I, I was I, I was actually what's that what's that one girl's name who was the supermodel volleyball player? Hmm. Um, I'll look it up here. But I would actually I would actually yeah, yeah. say that she has a swimmer's body. Uh, yeah, that would be another one. Yeah, being a waterbender and everything. Right, because she she's got you know she's really athletic and she's not super curvy. Mm -hmm. So you know she's got kind of broad shoulders and is really pretty tightly muscled. Like she's right. not like buff. Right, but you know, Do you uh, Matthew, have you been watching um, either Young Justice or um, Legend of Korra? 
Legend of Korra? Not intentionally. Accidentally, I saw an episode with uh, Blockbuster, and then I saw something weird with Red Arrow. Right. Ugh. In it. And I just, I, I didn't understand it because Red Arrow was looking for Speedy, but I thought Red Arrow and Speedy were the same well, guy. And in, I, in I was kind of half tuned in. Well, I mean, the, 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 do you, do you care? Sure. Hit me. Okay. So Cadmus. Yep. That pretty much tells you all you yeah. need to know. Yep. Cadmus went around cloning people. They cloned uh, him. Right. Uh, Superboy is a straight up uh clone. Clone. Um he's a he's a half human, half Kryptonian clone. Like your uh Reign of the Superman right. Superboy, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um and uh so in in the pro to in basically to infiltrate the Justice League, they cloned a programmable speedy and threw him in there. So now that speedy, the clone speedy, is looking for the real speedy. Dun dun dun. Oh, and I wish creepy. I could remember this girl's name. Which You'd know her name if if I. Mia Ham. No, she's a soccer player. Um, Mia Ham plays soccer. No, I said volleyball player. Oh, Veronica something. No. But that's what Core's body just kind of reminds right, right. me of. If you're going to cast her. If you're going to cast her in a live action, that's that's the body type that you would want to go for. Oh, totally. I, I can I can see the swimmer type too, but yeah. I think the volleyball player would hit that height mm-hmm. because Cora is not a short person. No. She's got some height on her. Um, Gabrielle Reese. That's who I'm thinking of. That is exactly who I'm. thinking I know of. sports. That are you Hooray, much better I am on the, the search on engine? Sports in the room. Exactly in the <laughs> land of the blind. Yeah, Matthew, you're, yeah, you're the only expert on sports <laughs> because you, you play wrestling video games. <laughs> um, hey, that counts. No, it does not. <laughs> it does not. Oh, have you guys seen this? It uh, counts as exercise, too. <laughs> yes, I and, and for those of you that have seen hours, Matthew, I that explains so much. Oh, <laughs> um, oh you yes, son of a... Oh. Yes, exactly. Um... Now I forgot what I was going to say. That was going to transition into something. something oh, have you seen that video game high school uh, short that has debuted up on uh, the entard webs no. up on the YouTube? I, I'd be interested in your take on it. It's by Freddie Wong and his his group. Uh, Freddie Wong, of course, is the uh, person who's become famous for doing <laughs> special effect laden uh, YouTube videos. And um, when YouTube started doing their original programming and launching, they hired Wong's uh, group to do uh, a series that focuses on video games and special effects and everything. And so they've got a, um, a series called Video Game High School where this kid in this world, in a world where video games are taken seriously, um, you know, the best thing to be is to, to go to VGHS mm-hmm. and become, you know, a professional video game player. And he, by luck, defeats the number one guy and gets in. And now, of course, he's having all of the growing pains that you would expect in a, right. uh, you know, plop a kid in the new environment. I'm interested. It, it's interesting from the special effects. It's a great concept. The editing is so bad. Is it really? I is watched, it slow? I watched the first episode and it's so jumpy and discombobulated in places where it's like, you guys really understand how to tell action sequences, but when it comes to narrative editing, it just, the first episode was really lost. Now the second episode is much better. Second episode, you can go up to, I think it's VGHS or video game, high school.com and see the second episode. But on the YouTube one, watch that first episode. And especially right towards the end, Mm -hmm. it's just like all of a sudden it's just jump, jump, jump in the story. And it's very, I, I didn't like the editing. Right. Maybe you will. Maybe it's maybe I'm not the the target group on that. Right. But does that bother you? Do you sit there at times and oh, absolutely. even though people absolutely. are, and I wouldn't say he's fan film because he's doing this professionally now. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you just sit there and go, oh, I can't believe that. Yeah, you, you I, are ranked so high or regarded so high. Well, forget and that. Then I honestly, in order for me to give someone any sort of pass, like the quality has to be very consistent. Like either everything's pretty bad. So I'm like, okay, well, this is a very amateur production. Right. Or 
everything's you know wherever it needs to be right um so i will let things go if it looks like you know if the if it looks like the budget wasn't there or whatever Mm -hmm. but yeah when i see something especially because you know people on on youtube will be like special effects wizards but the story will be crap right or they'll be good writers but their special effects aren't very good or what actually happens most often the sound design isn't good yeah, I pulled right. a major mistake on a video that I uploaded because I wasn't paying attention. I was doing it at 2 in the morning, and I only uploaded – I didn't mix it down into two-channel, right. and it right. only uploaded as a left channel. Right. I was like, God dang it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, a, a, a See, bad I, audio mix uh, along with a couple other issues, um, <laughs> 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 like cellophane being torn. Yes. Um, a lot of uh, – will, will just take me out of it. They scorch will just take me out of it. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, definitely poor editing in a narrative uh, mm-hmm. can be can be a huge issue because, you know, if if the response to a to something dramatic happening doesn't happen at the right with the right timing. Right. It gives you a different read of the scene. And that that can be an issue. Um, I was opening uh, Action Comics number nine. A couple of weeks ago, that's how far behind I am. This is the one that it looks like a job for Superman of Earth-23, uh, home of the uh, black Superman. Um, Young Justice takes place on Earth-16. Does it? Yeah. that They've been... <laughs> really? Yes. That is in all Earth their official... Earth-16 is, is the Earth of the Super Sons. Yeah, I know. You remember from the 70s, yeah. Superman Jr. Yeah. and Batman Jr. who rode yep. around on cycles with cool side... That's yep. Earth 16. Yep. I wonder if it's meant to be an intentional homage to Bob Haney. I don't know, but I, you know, I was always wondering what universe Young Justice resided in. I never cared. And, and, and I'm now angry that they even went to the trouble of telling us. Well, and the only reason why it really made a connection, I mean, if you go to like the multiverse something page on Wikipedia, it's got all of them listed and it's got mm-hmm. Earth 16 listed as the uh, Super Sons universe. But in a press release um, from Warner Brothers uh, this past week or two weeks ago when they were talking about the Young Justice um, video game, um, they say, you know, this is um, taking place in Earth-16 with this Young Justice. (laughs) And then then we've got Earth-23, which is is the black Superman. And it got me thinking um, that we have seen DC and... to a lesser extent, Marvel, although there's there are still a lot of rumblings from the Kirby estate and everything, uh, Ditko as well, with um, some of their characters. You know, we see right now Superman, that lawsuit still going and still going and still going to the part where um, DC may only be able to keep a portion when it's all said and done. DC may only be able to keep a portion of Superman and the rest would revert to the Siegel and Schuster estates, which they could then go and do Mm. anything they wanted with. Right. And, um, that could be licensing it out to Marvel. That could be licensing that, that character out to whatever. And it got me thinking, you know, uh, dynamite entertainment has been doing this, um, superpowers and they've been taking older properties like the spider, uh, the shadow, uh, mm-hmm. And creating a, you know, creating franchises off of this. Would you guys, would it make any sense? And this is just, I'm just throwing this out there because I haven't really thought it through. But it's a question Practically of. Practically science fiction. Yes. Uh, here we have Superman of Earth 23. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe there's a lot of people who really want to read Superman of Earth 23. Mm-hmm. But DC really doesn't have it in their budget or their line item or whatever to do a series, a miniseries or whatever on Superman of Earth 23. Mm-hmm. What if. A company, doesn't matter the company, Company X, I'm just using DC as an example, licensed out Mm -hmm. the variants or the alternate universe characters to other companies to use, you know, there might be some guidelines. Certainly. But they license those out to Dynamite or to Marvel. I mean, here, you know, Marvel, you can have Superman of Earth 3. Yes, we realize that's the evil universe, but you are Marvel, right? <laughs> uh, you know, they, you know, do something like that. I mean, would that be an interesting way to carry on a property with, and, and I guess one of the things 
that I had asked a while ago was I wouldn't mind seeing the DC reboot and the 52 universe and what was before the 52, but stick the little tags on there like they used to, that this takes place in Earth 3, this is in Earth 17. And I think that time the reaction was, oh no, that would be a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. But what if you took that then a step further and just licensed that out to D- Dynamite or to Boom or to, uh, you know, Archaea or whoever and let them do whatever they wanted with those variations. Would that be a big deal? Would that be a bad thing, a good thing? I mean, certainly people could say, well, you lose the rights to those characters. Not if you're licensing them to mm-hmm. to Dynamite, just like Doc Savage and the Shadow are being still licensed by, uh, what, what is it, Schuster or Street and whatever it is. Condé Nast. Condé Nast. Smith, yeah. yeah, Condé Nast. Condé Nast, yeah. I think that it leads to... It leads to the same problem that we have right now with the launch of Earth 2. Because this is the fourth thing in 80 years that DC Comics has done called Earth 2. Mm-hmm. And the initial Earth 2 was actually the first Earth, which is confusing in and of itself. Right. After Crisis on Infinite Earths, we erased Earth 2. But then Grant Morrison did a high-profile project called Earth 2, which is about the Earth previously known as Earth 3. Right. But it called the Earth of the DCU Earth 1. And then now we have this new Earth 2, which is basically... A new Earth in the the new multiverse that was recreated when the Phantom Stranger had really bad gas after his trip to the taco hut or whatever happened. I, I'm not sure, honestly. I didn't read the Zero issue. I, I think that what it would lead to and uh, I would really worry about if I were the owner of, say, the Spectacular Turnip Man would be marketplace confusion. If I'm doing a Turnip Man series with Rodrigo on art... And I, let's say I, I rent out the rights to the Earth 2 Turnip Man, or even, you know, the, the, the mighty Rutabaga, who's the original Golden Age version of Turnip Man. And Steven and uh, Dante the Intern are putting out their, you know, the mighty Rutabaga comic at the same time that Rodrigo and I are putting out our Turnip Man comic. I would be concerned about A, am I now setting myself up to compete? With my own, you know, intellectual property. B, am I going to have people buying the Mighty Rutabaga comics thinking that they're supporting, you know, Rodrigo and I in our turnip manness? Or more importantly, and probably most importantly, are they going to, are, are Steve and, and, and Dante going to make a better book than Rodrigo and I and outsell us and somehow end up, you know, but, shooting myself in the foot? But that's the, that's the great thing about licensing. DC, or in this case... Turnip Man, Rutabaker Man, Kablamicus right. of Earth 45, you're licensing it out to me and Dante. Well, yeah, we're going to you're going to license it for a six issue series or a 12 issue or four years or whatever. Part of that licensing deal is right. profits. So while you're busy honing Kablamicus in Kablamicus Earth, main Kablamicus Earth. Right. You're still raking right. in money from Kablamicus of Earth 23 or Earth 24 or whatever because of how you've licensed these but, these things out. And just like Young Justice, make more Young money? Justice, the TV series, is taking place in Earth 16, which has nothing to do with Young Justice, the series that we've read in the comic books right. or the Teen Titans that are currently in right. the 52 or any of those other things that before. And you're couching it and you're grouping it and saying, oh, no, 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 that has nothing to do with the Robin Tim Drake in the new DC universe because this is a different Earth. And yet DC's still making money by basically, I mean, granted they own the property, but they're working with Cartoon Network on this, mm-hmm. which I think is owned by Turner. Turner. So there's profit sharing going on. Turner, but Turner's owned by the WB, isn't it? I, I'd have to go back. There's like four, so. there's like four megacorps that own everything in the world. So mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's Philip Morris. But wouldn't I make more money by just hiring you and Dante as work for hire? That's a that's a mighty see. That's the thing. That's a mighty big risk on your part, right? So here's me, Dante, and me are coming and saying, "Hey, we Matthew, we want to license Kablamicus of Earth forty five from you. We think it would be a great a, a great series. We want to do it for twelve issues, and that's it. And then you know we can work out some kind of merch merchandising deal, okay?" hundred percent of that risk is on my ass. It's not on yours. It's on me. So if it fails miserably, 
just like the Doc Savages and the Shadows and other incarnations of the spirit that have come on before. That's just a licensing deal, right? After that license expires, Hmm. you still get it back. In the meantime, you as Matthew Corp, you don't have to worry about losing Mm -hmm. any money because I'm actually paying you money so I can develop these 12 issues on your character. And you're getting money from that. And if it's a huge success and even more popular, well, great. You could have Dante and I continue to tell the Complamicus of Earth 45 and rake in even more money in the next licensing deal. That's or you a, could say, hey, mm. we want it back and we'll do it our own way. You know what? That That is a good point. Um, but I will. I think I, I, I know the reason why it would actually be riskier to to do that, to, to license it out or to allow somebody to license it. Mm-hmm. It is because comic books right now exist only by the grace of licensing. Right, right. So um, it's that ability to to, to, to basically what Dan DiDio and uh, all the guys in, in the respective comic book companies are doing. They're just, it's just stewardship. They're just trying to maintain these properties right. and keep these companies from going under so that then their parent companies can fish out licensing mm-hmm. from them. Right. So all DC Comics has is the name Superman and the S-Shield. Right. That's all that they have right. to their name. Right. If they license that out to someone else and they do it better... There might not be a reason for Warner Brothers to keep DC Comics. They might just say, hey, you guys, you guys are in charge of that crap now. Yeah, I mean, they could. I mean, look at this is this is what happened to Marvel, Mm -hmm. right? Marvel was licensing the Avengers cartoon, the Spider-Man cartoons, all of these cartoons and other things to Disney. Mm -hmm. And Disney was like, we're not going to be buying cartoons from you. We'll just buy your whole dang company right. and fold you in along with all your other valuable properties and da, 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 da. Right. Hey, Avengers, a billion dollars. We have almost paid for our initial $4 billion investment in Marvel. Hooray for right. Disney. Yep. But, but, but that's the thing. But right that is, is essentially, your... but that is essentially what is, what is going on right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. is Warner Brothers is only holding on this stuff because they hope at some point it's going to make them a lot of money. Right. Sure, I mean, sure, sure. there's they, your flip they, side they own, too. What's that? There's your flip side too. Marvel just put out the Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Marvel can't do the movie of Spider-Man or Ghost Rider or Daredevil. Doesn't because matter because they license those Disney, rights to some yeah, other schmuck. You you think that Dis you think Disney and slash Marvel are not making any money off the Fantastic Four and the Spider-Man movies and the Ghost Rider movies? No, they're making money off those movies. They want Spider-Man to succeed. Sure. Right. Because it means that they're going to still get money from that. Yeah. That's how Marvel financed their own movies was because of the success of licensing those characters to Sony and to Fox and to whoever else. I, I think I think that I, I think that you do have a good point. Uh, the question I, is, would it work? That's that's what it I don't think is. I don't think it would work going from comic like it works going from comics to movies. But right. It doesn't work going from comics to comics. Excuse oh, Matthew's got to get up, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious, because if we look at what Dynamite has done, they take all of these characters that are floating in a nebulous yep. region between but, but that's why. Public, it's pro- because, pub, uh, public property right. and licensed character, mm-hmm. and they're doing something with right. it. Right, it's because they're taking these characters that don't exist anywhere else right now right. And, and giving them books. If, you, if Marvel licensed a, even a variant of Superman... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, comics are kind of a zero-sum game. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there's only so many eyeballs in, in in the entirety of the comics universe, and you are basically saying, hey, everybody who reads DC, go read Marvel now, because mm-hmm. you can get more Superman over there. And yeah, you're getting some money out of it, but again, you would be draining your own readership to do it, since the comics market right. is so small. That's why I'd asked in, in issue 412 about what was going on with Dan Garrett and Matthew informed us that, you know, they did create a, a character called the Scarab, mm-hmm. which was supposed to be the Blue Beetle, because that was my initial yeah. thought was Dynamite is going to do its own Blue Beetle comic based on that time period when Charlton slash DC did not own that slice mm-hmm. of Dan Garrett, just like they're doing with the spider right now which is not the pulp spider. Mm-hmm. It is the spider based on the Saturday morning cereals spider. Right. 
which is owned by somebody else. And that's how they got around that kind of that, that loophole. Crazy. So it wouldn't, I mean, it really would not surprise me if they found some loophole and had their own blue beetle, golden age, blue beetle uh, and that, story. And that is why. And that's where I said, instead of trying to find those loopholes, why not just say, hey, DC Comics, we Dynamite Entertainment would really like to do a golden age tale of Dan Garrett, blue beetle. Please license it to us. Mm-hmm. Okay, that'll it's, take place in Earth 49. You know what? I think this is another one of your moments of prescience. I think sometime <laughs> in the future we're going to see this. And then when all the other sites report on this, you're going to be like, we said it first. We said that. Just we, like, I said, I said that Superman some... should not fly, and he did not. Yeah, no. Thanks for listening, Grant Morrison. No, that was a, that was a good one. Um <laughs> Grant Morrison doesn't listen. Grant Morrison hears everything in his bathtub. <laughs> he does. No, I, it was just something I floated out there. And again, I don't know the answer to it. I don't know if it worked. That's why I was asking you guys and, and letting us build upon this conversation, because I really don't know. I don't know from the business model if that mm-hmm. would work. But I do know that, you know, they are licensing these characters to Rocksteady Games. They are licensing these characters to, uh, what is this, uh, Young Justice, uh, who's doing this, Orbit. Little Orbit yep. is is the group that's doing the Young Justice video game. You know, they're licensing those things I out and saying, from, yeah, those characters take place in Earth-16. Mm-hmm. So I thought, why not just try to from do the, the From the consumer perspective, though, it leads to that problem that I hate. Oh, yeah, too many wolves. You remember when we, we covered that really awesome shadow story that never ended and now will never end because the licensors didn't like what Kyle Baker was doing with the robot right. shadow in his head? Right. Well, yeah. I'll I mean, never know how that story ends. Because the I mean, licensor didn't like it, and they took it back. That that is a risk. I mean, and those things me still kind of happen. But but uh, you I know, mean, to be fair, that happens even when companies hold on to their licenses. Well, if I somebody, mean, if Marvel true. doesn't like what a writer is doing with Spider Man, he that guy's gonna get canned, and the next guy is going to spend all of three panels erasing yeah, yeah. what what happened previously. Um, and maybe a company does it so well that they try to sue the company to get that back, or you know, what what was happening with John yeah. Carter? Yep, uh, the, a few months ago, and what still is going on with the Princess of Mars? You stuff. know the the thing is, um, copyright law oh, it's is real. It's it's really Byzantine. Yes, it is. Which means it has a ton of loopholes. Which is really the reason why I think Disney must just pump a million dollars a second into mm-hmm. the U.S. government to keep Mickey Mouse. Well, they, from yeah, they pump it into, into lobbyists. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that there's actually, and this again, there is, I don't know, but there is a time period where Mickey Mouse. There are some strips that were not copyrighted mm-hmm. that are actually outside of the loophole. Mm-hmm. of the copyright law and Fantagraphics gathered them together and republished them. Yep. And it's it's one of these where Mickey Mouse like I don't remember if he puts a gun to his mouth and pulls the trigger or he hangs himself after Minnie dumps him, but it was a series of strips he that tries to actually play. Yeah. yeah, tries to hang himself. Um you know, and Disney doesn't obviously want those going out there. Oh sure, my sure. god, daddy, what happened to Mickey? But I mean, it is something that that fell into that into that loophole. I mean, I I, I, I mean, I, I don't have an answer, but I think that if there is a market, if there is a market, no matter how small, even it's selling 3,000 copies of Dan Garrett Blue Beetle, ask DC if we can license it and just try it. I mean, DC, we're going to pay hey, you. DC let's say DC say says no. we'll pay. Let's say we pay you 50% of whatever we make. It would be it would be kind of awesome uh, and, and, and possibly terrible if the Schusters uh, do managed to get a partial rights to Superman. Right. You know, the Siegel and Schuster guys. Um, and then somebody starts a Kickstarter campaign to license it from them yeah, as yeah. opposed to DC. Well, already the they're sharing uh, portions of revenues now. Yeah, yeah. Um, off of everything. So, and I know that there was talk. I know, you know, years ago there was even talk. This was before they, I think before the first Superman movie ever came out. There was talk that... DC was just going to license Superman to Marvel and have them do mm-hmm. Superman comics. Right. Yeah. And I think that was before yeah, Superman that was, won. That was something that, yeah, Jim Shooter claimed that that happened during his tenure in the 80s. That, oh, okay. Uh, this would have been pre-crisis around 81, 82, the same time that, you know, people are always saying that 
things were about to go under and they were talking about canceling their whole comic division and then new teen Titans hit big. But Mm. that, you know, that's the exact thing that I thought about this. And I thought about what would, what would really have been the difference between a Jim shooter produced Marvel licensed Superman book and a Julia Schwartz edited old school Superman book. You know, would we see something different or would it be just a terrible experiment gone horribly wrong? Like, Reagan's Raiders. I want to find out that. I mean, we can't we can't know unless we try it. Right. Hmm. And so, I mean, I don't know. Do it with a lesser character that you think may have some punch or pull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like plastic man. Well, the issue is they have, you know, know. all of those. Uh, Batman Brave and the Bold. Well, no, I don't mean that. I mean, like all of those public domain characters. That's what mm-hmm. they're doing. Mm hmm. And they're and, doing okay. And, and, and it worked just fine. Yeah. Um, but, but see, those weren't but, licensed from but, anybody. But the real experiment is what happens when you do it with a major character. Right. Because right. if, you, if you license out Blue Beetle, a lot of even if and it becomes popular, a lot of those people aren't even going to know that Blue Beetle belongs to DC. Mm-hmm. They're just going to see this new superhero comic and be like, oh, okay, cool. We'll read this. You know, well, maybe Blue Beetle is a bad example because he's part of the new 52, but I don't know. Uh, well, but Dan Garrett Blue Beetle people wouldn't know. Sure, sure. I mean, it's just like what we see with um, uh, Vampirilla and, well, I guess those are both Dynamite Entertainment. I was going to say Vampirilla. Oh, no, but uh, they've got, what, a Red Sonja Witchblade crossover going on right now? I mean, I, I like crossovers and yeah. those kind what of work. And uh, that's Danger Girl Army of Darkness? Yeah, well, those are also in the same company. No, wait, IDW owns, licenses Danger Girl right now. Yep. Dynamite, Dynamite, Army does Army Dynamite's Army doing the Armored Darkness. Okay. So, but I mean, that's a cross. I mean, that's uh, that goes into how do we do? I mean, that's that is that is kind of what we're talking about here, except here that they're both sharing in on the uh, yep. on the story. So, I mean, it's it's kind of that way. I don't know, listeners. What yeah. do you think? I mean, uh, this is just an idea that's been flowing out there, and I know that there are a lot of comic book creators that listen to this show. I know that there are a lot of creator owned people out there who are listening to the show. And I know that there are a lot of artists out there listening to the show. Write to us, call us, call our major spoilers hotline, 785-727-1939. Leave a message or just get in contact with us. Podcast at majorspoilers.com. And I would like to have you on the show. I'd tell, like to hear from someone. Tell at, us we're crazy. Yeah. I'd like to hear Chris Ryle. I know you're listening to the show. Get on the phone and let's talk. Let's talk about how IDW licenses the Legion of Superheroes from DC Comics. Yeah. How do you how do you land the Star Trek stuff? How do you land the Doctor Who stuff? I mean, aren't there still Doctor Who comics going on in in the UK that are separate from this, Matthew? Uh, I don't think th- well, there there's the monthly Doctor Who magazine that has a comic portion. Yeah. But I believe that IDW's Doctor Who comics are the only monthly Doctor Who comics. Okay. All right, cool. I I want to know. I want to be informed. We want to be informed. Our listeners want to be informed on whether this will work or not work. Go to the comments section. Email us, podcastmajorspoilers.com. Uh, call our hotline, like I said, 785-727-1939. And leave a message. It's the year The Flash showed up, you know, 1939. No, yeah. 1939 is the year Batman showed up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is with you in this Batman thing? Everything's about Batman. Well, let me tell you about something else. was a great year because Batman. It was. Everything's better with Batman. You know what else is better with, with Batman? Listening to Batman. Telling. Listening to our discussions about Batman with some headphones from tweakedaudio.com. And check this out. If you go to their site, they have like four different styles. They have the Tweaked California, the Tweaked Classic, the Tweaked Parkour, and the Tweaked Natural, which are these wood Mm -hmm. headphones. You got six different colors. I really like the Tweaked California um, red. Looks kind of cool. And they also, and then wood, they say, is not really a color. But they've got six different colors in these six different, in these four different styles. You can have them with a, with a microphone built in if, if you want um, they're engineered for durability. They're designed to sound great for music and talk. So if you want to hear the major spoilers podcast, the way we hear the major spoilers podcast, mm-hmm. you'll want to get a pair of these headphones. They're noise reduced. Uh, they have a noise reduction design work with iPods, iPhones, Android devices, all MP3 players, most other phones, 
Retail price $19.95 to $34.95, depending on the pair. I'm going to bet the wood pair are the most expensive. Probably. But check this out. If you go to tweakedaudio.com and when you check out, if you use the code major spoilers, you'll get it for one third off. Whoa. That is a good deal. Also, I that's do tweaked need a audio. Cans. Tweakedaudio.com. Now these are in ear, these aren't over the air, they're in ear earbuds. I but this use, is a pretty can good you deal. Spell that website. Tweaked audio, T W E A K E D A U D I O dot com. Cool. I can spell another the website too. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I can spell Amazon.com as well, A-M-A-Z-O-N.com. Cool. And I know a lot of people buy from Amazon.com. You use it in a sentence. I would like to help out Major Spoilers, and I know that if I go to (laughs) Amazon.com through the MajorSpoilers.com website and buy something, they will get a portion of that sale. I really do want to hear that more in spelling spelling bees. Can you use use that in a run-on sentence? As a run Saga on of the a Super Sons is available right now on Amazon.com starting at $2.90. And, and you, you can you learn about go the to Major Spoilers. 16. Majorspoilers.com. Yep. Click on the Amazon.com link and then just buy like you yep. normally would buy. You can buy electronics. People have said, hey, can I buy a computer part? Yeah, you can buy a computer part. Buy the whole dang computer. We'd appreciate it if you bought the whole dang computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, buy a cookbook, buy something on your Kindle fire through the amazon.com link and, or your Android for Android device, iPad. If you got the Kindle, Kindle, uh, app for the iPad, you can go through that Amazon link, buy that book, download it. Same price. We just get a little bit of that, little bit of that. And every little bit helps right now. Actually, a lot of it would help right now, but every little bit helps right now. Amazon.com. I was seeing if I could buy a Chrysler LHS. I'm sure you could if Amazon sells it. I suggest doing it. Finally, this is the last little plug, and then we'll get to something Matthew wants to share. You can also make a donation. If you like this show, if you found it interesting, you can make a one-time donation, or you can make a recurring donation of 2 5 or $10 a month. Every little bit helps. Again, we thank everybody who does that, and that's why we give those shout-outs at the top of the show. Nice. In commercial break. <laughs> We try to do everything that we can to make a little money to keep going. And now back to the show. The Bose wave rate. No, no, I love the Paul Harvey way that he just kind of thought. And you know what's great is my Bose. No, never mind. I shouldn't do that. Page two. So Matthew, what, what did you like want to call? Us. What did you want to talk about? I wanted to talk about how awesome it is. Uh, and I actually mentioned this in this week's uh, major spoilers uh, staff pick. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the young, uh, third uh, young blood of. No, schmuck. The Dr. Solar <laughs> trade paperbacks. The collection of Dr. Solar, Man yeah. of the Atom by uh, Paul Newman Comics. and Matt Murphy and Bob Fuji from Bob from uh, Dark Horse Comics. When I was a kid, if you wanted to read Solar, Man of the Atom, Dr. Solar mm-hmm. Comics, this would have mm-hmm. been before the Valiant Revival. You literally had to go and, you know, wander around creepy stores with creepy people and buy the issues and pick them up here one at a time. If yeah. you wanted to read Adventures of the Unknown. And, mm-hmm. you know, collect the the appearances of Nemesis or, you know, right. Herbie the Fat Fury. You literally had to track these things down one by one. Yeah. In the era that we live, mm-hmm. virtually all of my collection can be purchased a volume at a time through Amazon.com or sure. anywhere in the world. And I was, I was fascinated at how awesome it is that, you know, everything seems to be trade paperbacked these days. Right. With the exception of a very few stories. And I wanted, you know, I wanted to talk about the stories that aren't trade paperbacked, and they should be. You know, that's really tough because, you know, I thought that they were never going to collect all of the Doc Savage stuff from the 70s and the, uh, the, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the 70s Marvel stuff. stuff that Marvel did. And boom, DC answered yeah. that answered that with that those great showcase editions i love those showcase editions even though they're black and white if you're just in it for the story and the art without the color 1995 for 500 pages is a super deal i mean that's how i got into some of the specter and the phantom phantom stranger stuff is through those through those collections that's Mm -hmm. how i'm reading a lot of the old legion of superhero stuff is through those collections the dial age for hero essential or uh, what do they call it? Showcase edition? Showcase edition. Unbelievable. And I actually bought, um, when I went to visit Bruce the last time, I bought for $5 Marvel's Essential Tales of the Zombie, collecting every single appearance of the Simon Garth zombie. 
And yeah. as long as, you know, I, it, it, beautiful, gorgeous art. I don't mind the fact that they reduced it. I can live with the fact that they reduced it for magazine size. I can live with the fact that occasionally naked women are all of a sudden covered up with, you know, penciled in <laughs> lace. I can deal with that. That's Tomb of Dracula that did that. Right. Tomb of Dracula did that. They also did a little bit of that in Tales of the Zombie because oh, okay. it, it had a girl walking around with, um, how shall I put this delicacy? Her Nothing bazongas on. was a hanging out. Um, no, just no, you know, recently, I think naked. I've almost finished, maybe this is the last volume of the um, King Features Popeye mm. uh, Giant Tome Edition. Oh. I think they did seven, six or oh. seven volumes of that, uh, of the old classic yeah. strips, uh, including the Sunday strips. Uh, great volume. Love it. Uh, and I'm glad that it came out. But I'm trying to think if there's anything that I really would like that I that's not traded. Rodrigo, do, what about you? Um, there's really nothing that I can think of, uh, largely because most of my comic consumption is trade paperback. So most of the stuff that yeah. I've come across from uh, ages past has been in a trade paperback. Um, right. And... You know, from when I started well, reading at your comics, age, a lot of the... was pretty much created for a trade feedback, too. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, you know, there kind of aren't the same licensing issues that there were before. Now, I think that moving forward, you know, we might see someday uh, LucasArts deciding that they don't want uh, Dark Horse to have Star Wars mm -hmm. stuff and move it somewhere else, and then those issues might become hard to find again. I, I just find it interesting but, that you know that even the Marvel Star Wars stuff is collected and sold through Dark Horse, or well, that mm -hmm. you know the Archie Comics has the is being traded from IDW, or and, I think it's IDW, and it's really gotten <laughs> because everybody is is okay with making money, right? So if Dark Horse, right. if if Marvel goes, well, we have this Star Wars stuff, but we only have the rights to half of it, and it's going to be too expensive to print, then Dark Horse goes, oh, well, we'll pay the rest, and, you know, we'll share in with the profits. Marvel goes, okay, have at it. Good times. Everybody gets money. Nowadays, really, the only yeah. thing that you don't see put into trade paperbacks are, is stuff that maybe, maybe some stuff that was critically reviled, mm -hmm. or stuff that publishers just mm -hmm. straight up want to keep quiet. I think, quiet. They, um, uh, IDW also announced just recently the creepy... Uh, eerie tales, the creepy yeah, tales, eerie creepy tales, and, eerie. and uh, we've already read one of the crime. Rodrigo, you reviewed one of the crime books. Yeah, uh, real crime, crime does tales. not pay. Yeah, crime does not pay. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. I mean, those are all being being that was traded. Chuck Viro, that was years ago. Yeah. Uh, Rom Space Knight is one of the few things that I I don't expect to ever see trade paperback. Honestly, it's seventies Marvel stuff set in the Marvel universe where the protagonist. Is actually owned by another company, right? Is that uh, Hasbro or what, Mattel? Seventy-five issue. Uh, I believe it was uh, Tomi or Mego. I don't oh, remember. Yeah, yeah. Okay, some toy company. Um, well, certainly. Brothers, I mean, maybe Parker Brothers. Uh, Flex Mentalo uh, was one that Flex was Mentalo very hard. was recently collected. Yeah, and it was one for a long time was not collected until they nailed down all of the rights issues. So that they could get the proper yep. people paid and weren't getting um, going to get sued by something. And now that just has come out, what, last right. month? Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks ago, I think. Wasn't that you long know, ago. Yeah. You see that? You see that, for example, with animation. It's like nobody, nobody was collecting all of those crazy old black and white, you know, classist, racist right. shorts. Right. And then eventually a company goes, hey, if I give you, you know, 10 cents for each of these... Uh, can I? Can we collect them in a in a DVD and put them in a basically a cardboard case and sell it at Dollar General? Yep. Yes. Yes, you can. Well, Here you, you know, go. let's hear some money again. Superman. Yep. Superman is the a great Superman example. Max Fleischer Superman cartoons, which are brilliant mm -hmm. to look at from the animation perspective. Uh, oh yeah. Fell into public domain. Yep. Superman character still owned by DC, but that licensed property mm -hmm. was owned by the Fleischer Studios, and then went into public domain, and then. As soon as that happened, everybody started grabbing whatever copies they could find and making their own versions yep. and selling them and putting them out there until I think DC or Warner Brothers finally, uh, I don't think they can regain the copyright, but they actually put out a definitive collection that was cleaned up and pristine. And man, that looks, that's some good animation. If you want to see what the, um, 
um, Batman animated series was based on. It was based mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. old Fletcher, uh, Fleischer designs. And, uh, only bad thing about those Superman cartoons, racist. Sure. <laughs> I mean, really <laughs> in the bad. Bit. And in a bad it was the third and, and that's, and that's probably why DC had no real intention of getting yeah. all the rights together yeah. and releasing them until somebody else did. I mean, that's a great example um, you know, you can probably find all of the Donald Duck cartoon shorts, you know, mm-hmm. in, in various collections, except for the one where he's a Nazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and well, Snow White and the Seabin Dwarfs is the same way as a as a is a collection, or maybe it was Cold Black and the Seabin Dwarfs. Right, I think is what it was. Um, Something like that. Yeah. The uh, oh, there was there was one other one, and I've just told. Oh, Song of the South. Mm-hmm. You can't find Song of the South in the yeah. United States. In the United States, yes. You can't find it in the United States because it's perceived to be racist. Right. Go over um, to Europe and it sells very it's, well. It's the same way uh, so I hear. with that Donald Duck Nazi curtain. You know, if you sit down and watch it, it's propaganda. Pro-propaganda. And it's, well, it's anti, yeah, it's anti-Nazi yeah, propaganda. Right. You know, Donald Duck is miserable in mm-hmm. Nazi Germany or mm-hmm. in, in what might be Nazi-controlled America. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, and just completely pans mm-hmm. all three, like the, the, the axis. Mm-hmm. Um. But all people are getting from it is, oh, look at Donald Duck being a Nazi. That's entirely unacceptable (laughs) to Disney. So you're never going to see that. And it's the same thing, uh, you know, with Song of the South and with those old Superman cartoons that are now, you know, available. Right. Is, you know, if it's something that is going to make your brand look bad, they're going to bury it. Right. Until somebody manages to loophole their way into the rights and print it and and make money off of that. I think that is kind of the... I think that's, Matthew, where you're going at. There are probably a lot of good, uh, I shouldn't say, there are probably a lot of stories that you want to see collected, but they're probably right. not that good of stories, right? I mean, they have the potential to be not that. Uh, Rodrigo, do you remember what your you, your review was of crime, of the crime uh, trade? Um, I don't remember it, honestly. It was a while I ago. I think, and um, he liked it. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> it's one of those, and I like it. I mean, it. it's, it, it. <laughs> It's, done that it was lot. kind of a, if, if I recall, what I recall about it is it being kind of a trip, just yeah, a yeah. different style of comics. But you wouldn't rush to go buy something like oh, that. Oh, no, definitely okay. not. But that's also because crime comics are on my thing. I would actually be a lot more interested in, you know, creepy, mm-hmm. spooky, pre-code comics. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. A, that sounds incredibly interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because crime, I'm not that interested in, but just, you know, some of those... Uh, creepy and eerie tales. Some of, some yeah. of those old horror comics... Are just so weird, mm-hmm. just so amazingly weird. Matthew, are you also talking about books that were collected at one time, but just have never been reprinted? I mean, I remember getting all these Mad no Magazine available. digests from like the early days, you know, hey, look, it's Marvin or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, my grandparents had those collected, had a collected volumes of those when my parents were growing up, when my uncle was, was growing up. Right. And I remember reading those, but I've never really seen those collected anywhere else. I mean, that's where we had that, uh, the first Batman parody and where parody became right. a big deal. Um, and then super I, I've duper not man. Seen those re- yeah. I've not seen those reprinted again, but I mean, I know they've been collected at one time. Um, right there. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of gray area and I'm always fascinated by what they choose to reprint and what they choose not to. When DC mm-hmm. reprinted the 70s Doc Savage stuff, my brain said, hey, it's about time. And then I started thinking about how somebody really needed to reprint the the big Doc Savage black and white magazine that Marvel put out. Right. And then I said Marvel really needed to reprint uh, Marvel Preview. And then I started, you know, because Marvel Preview had a two-issue, um, an actually a pretty good adaptation of Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. And it had, you know, the first appearance of Star-Lord. And then I started thinking about how nobody has ever reprinted Epic Illustrated, to my knowledge. Or Heavy Metal would be awesome. But, you know, I'd like to I, see, I, a, a, yeah. a, you know, reprints of Epic. I, I, I would like, I know that uh, Marvel, I think it's Marvel, or maybe it's Dark Horse now, has been reprinting. And that's where I got into some of the 70s Conan stuff. Um, you know, they have those collections. Those work really good. But yeah, I think I'd, I'd might like to see some of that heavy metal stuff collected. I, I guess the bad side or the downside is 
a lot of that stuff has been pirated online, which is the downside. So I'm sure if you really, really wanted to find the first issue of Heavy Metal, you could probably find right. it if you know how to look. Oh, surely. And that, that Ooh, I mean, yeah. that is one of the driving uh, impulses as to why... Um, Marvel and Dark Horse look at each other and go, hey, do you want to team up and sell this? Yeah. Because otherwise people are still going to find them. Right. And nobody nobody's going to make, make, nobody's gonna make yep. any money. Yep. Exactly. Nobody's going to make any money. Well, and, and just, a decent reprint is something that I think that many readers, not necessarily all, but many readers would spend a little bit of money, not necessarily a ton of money, like, you know, an, a, like a an giant, absolute edition, an absolute edition of ROM Space Knight. But I bet you you could move a couple hundred thousand copies of the thing if it was affordable, if it was collected in a in a, a format that would be easy to read and you know cheaper than going out and doing whatever. People, I have no idea what it is people would have to do to find such things. But you know, if I were to go and walk into the store recently, you know what I found? Omega the Unknown has been trade paperbacked. Yeah, I think the, when you did that retro review it was right around the same time that it had been traded. Yeah. Yeah. All 10 issues of Omega the Unknown plus the three issue wrap up in Defenders. I actually sold that to uh, one of our uh, critical hit fans who came in the store a couple of weekends ago. Yeah. And the boss was like, I'm glad you sold that because nobody else knew what it was. I'm like, that's why I'm here. This is, this is why you hired me. But that series is amazing and nobody's ever heard of it. They trade paperback. They, you know, they made some money off it. They sold a couple hundred thousand units or whatever they did. I think that. That is one of the ways that the big companies, or even the little companies, I think they can monetize their intellectual property that way. If you want to put in, you know, paradigm buzzy words. If I could go and buy a paperback copy right now of Herbie the Fat Fury, I would do it. Well, right again, now, I'm of... actually, as soon as I get my... As soon as you get your what? Your major spoilers As soon paycheck. as I get my, my stuff... My money, my money squared away. I'm going to go and I'm going to buy Saga of the Super Sons by clicking on that uh, Amazon link on Majorspoilers.com because go. I've never seen Saga of the Super Sons collected and I want to read it because there are some I've never read. Yeah. That's All good. All right, everybody. We've started the conversation. It's your turn to continue it. Head over to Majorspoilers.com and share Dot. your thoughts on anything that we have talked about in this episode or really anything that you want to share or thoughts or ideas. If you have a question, you can uh, email us at podcast at majorspoilers.com. If you want to call into the show, Matthew, that hotline number is 785-727-1939. The major spoilers reprint it now because I'll give you eight bucks for it. Hotline. All right, everybody, that wraps it up for this issue. Next time on the Major Spoilers Podcast, we'll be talking about Avatar, The Last Airbender Volume 2. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page would be backwards I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus as soon as the comic book store guy knew He kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge chance? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark 
the rich like a man of iron. I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fine being in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler. Spoiler. Major spoilers. It's copyright 2012. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.